Welcome to the top-rated and award-nominated grad school mentoring podcast, the place for first-gen BIPOCs to learn about all things grad school, personal development, and sustainable productivity. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez-Vu, and I will be serving as your femtor, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to successfully navigate grad school and beyond. For over 13 years, I've been empowering first-gen students of color along their academic and professional journeys, and I'm really excited to support you too. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. As many of you know, I started this podcast four years ago to provide a space to empower first-gen BIPOCs as they pursue higher ed. Over time, I've also been able to uplift voices of those systemically excluded from the ivory tower. Now that the show has grown, however, the podcast requires financial support to sustain itself. If you are a loyal listener, you can provide a monthly or one-time donation at the links provided in my show notes. And if you are a mission-driven company or organization interested in sponsoring an episode, please contact me at gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com so that you can learn more about my sponsorship packages. If you found this podcast valuable in any way, shape, or form, I really hope you'll consider investing in the show. Every little bit helps. Now, back to the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Grad School Femtoring Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Yvette. Today's episode is on eight career moves I'm making to flourish this year. I can't remember if I shared on the podcast. I probably did. But my word of the year this year is called, is the word florecer, which means flourish this year. I chose the word thanks in part to the suggestion of my friend Cecilia when I was telling her, you know, some of my goals for this year and trying to figure out what is the word, what is the word, this year is going to be big. This year is the year that I feel a lot of things are starting to bloom, especially in light of everything that I've worked up to this point in the last two years in business from starting my one-on-one -on -one coaching to then using what I learned from my one-on-one -on -one coaching to start a group coaching program, my signature grad school femtoring academy program, to then writing a whole book that I've had in my head for a very, very long time and having that book be published this year, to moving back to the U.S. from Portugal and really kind of designing a life that feels really good for me, to <laughs> there's just so many things to the fact that this year is the year of the dragon and I'm a dragon. I don't know if you are into any type of astrology. Um, I am very much into it. <laughs> I do have that woo side of me. Um, but, you know, that goes to show you even how old I am. So this is the year of the dragon. This is, uh, it just feels energetically like it's going to be a big year for me based on, like I said, all the things that are happening that are a result of many, many years of work and many, many years of growth. So here we are. It's 2024. My word is flourish, florecer. And I am being very intentional and you could even say strategic in terms of the decisions I'm making in my career and in my life to make sure that 
this is going to be a game-changing year for me. This is also an important year for me because I've gone two years in business with not making my revenue goals. In fact, I've been two years in business and barely making what I made as a grad student. I haven't even got into making what I made in my full-time higher ed staff positions yet. And so I'm really, really committed this year to making sure I can make ends meet, making sure I don't have to keep dipping into savings, making sure that I can support my family. Thankfully, I do, I have that privilege of having a very, very supportive partner. I have a very, very supportive family as a whole, but I need to at least show some signs of being able to sustain my business long-term financially too. So I know that I'm making an impact in terms of the feedback that I get from folks that have worked with me or that have listened to the podcast over the years. But I also, again, need to make sure that I can keep going, that I can keep doing this, and that this is not a just like a, a project that I work on. Uh, you know, I've called it my passion project, especially this podcast for a long time. But this passion project also needs to be able to keep a roof over my head. So what am I doing to make sure that I flourish in many, many ways, including financially this year. I'll start with the first one. So one of the things that I'm finally doing this year, and I say finally because I've been wanting to do this for the last couple of years. I've been wanting to do this since I even thought about starting my business. I signed up for a brand new coaching certification program. And I, I think I know what you're thinking. I think, I think that what you're thinking is, but Dr. Yvette, I thought you were um, critiquing the system of over-credentialing people and of believing that people don't necessarily need all these degrees and credentials to do valuable, impactful work. Yes, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree that in many, many cases, you don't need all the degrees, all the credentials to do the work that you want to do. In some cases, it's necessary. In other cases, it isn't. Now, what is the reason why I decided to sign up for it this time? I've been wanting to sign up for a program for a couple of reasons. First is I love learning and I love learning new tools and skill sets. And I thought, oh, it would be nice to have the additional set of tools and skills on my belt from participating in a coaching certification program. I've also been interested in it because I wanted to increase my network. So to have access to a network of fellow coaching um, entrepreneurs who are mission-driven and who have shared values with me. I've been missing that. That's one of the things that I miss about my career in higher ed and even my grad school experience is that I met a lot of like-minded folks that I connected with, and some of them are still my lifelong friends and besties to this day. So I wanted to increase my network. I wanted to increase my tools and strategies and my learning. But then what changed this year is that I found out that my business coach is starting a group coaching program. Um, and the certification program is specifically for coaches, BIPOC coaches who work with BIPOC clients. And I've looked and I haven't found a lot of BIPOC-centered coaching certification programs. 
There are some folks that are doing their work of trying to promote DEI aspects within their coaching certification programs, but it's still a predominantly very, very white space and very, very middle class space and very, very non-disabled space. I wanted to be in a space where I would see lots of different types of people, lots of different types of identities represented. And because of the trust that I have in my business coach and all the people that I've met through her network have been incredible people and have already opened opened up doors for me that I couldn't imagine. I thought, there's no way I'm not going to sign up for it. I want to be part of the inaugural cohort. I want to meet these folks that she's connected with. I want to learn the skills and tools. And so it just felt really, really good. I know that there is a good chance that this um, coaching certification program will also allow me to apply for the ICF, the official International Coaching Federation certification. And that's considered what some people call the quote unquote gold standard in terms of like, if you want to be legitimate as a, as a certified coach, you want to go through the ICF um, because they have certain rules and ethics that they abide by to make sure that you're doing good work as a coach and that you're not being unethical or, or predatory or worse as a coach. So With the ICF certification, if I eventually get that, that's actually going to open up more doors for a wider range of clients. So again, thinking strategically, I have seen job ads where they're looking for coaches, career coaches, graduate school coaches, life coaches, and these are institutions of higher ed or companies that are higher ed adjacent, and they're specifically looking for ICF certified coaches. That is a requirement. And so because I anticipate that there's a push uh, towards trying to get more people certified and more opportunities requiring that certification, that's why I'm going for it this year. So that's the first thing that I'm doing to, again, ensure that I flourish this year as I'm finally going to get my coaching certification. And Like I said, that's not to say that I absolutely need this. I don't necessarily think I need this coaching certification to do good work. I have spent a lot of time and energy reading books, listening to podcasts, getting feedback from other fellow coaches to improve my work. So I do believe in my skill set as it is, but this is just going to be the cherry on top. Now, the other two things. So, the let's see career move two and career move three this year that I'm doing is for the second one is I'm publishing more articles on my blog I have a blog on my website it exists I haven't been very active with updating it not like the way that I update my podcast every single week no I've probably have about a dozen blog posts on there. And so what I would like to do is get to the point where I publish one to two blog posts a month. And why am I doing this? Well, not only is it a helpful resource to my audience, but the reason why a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of companies, even any any entities (laughs) that want to have a presence online, the reason why they have blogs is because there's something called search engine optimization 
that allows Google to push your information that's on your website up on the search ranks so that when people are searching certain key terms, they can find you more quickly. So why is this important? Because if I optimize my blog posts with certain key terms that are the searchable terms that I want people to use to find me, that's going to help increase my visibility, which with increased visibility, then I can get more clients. I can get a larger audience. I can make a bigger impact. I can sustain my business over time. So all of this is going to ensure the long-term sustainability of my business. Search engine optimization is a whole other topic. It's really, I mean, we could talk about it, but I don't have the time to talk about the importance of search engine optimization for anyone who, ha who wants to have a presence online. But long story short, I am going to be putting in a little bit of time to publishing more articles on my blog posts so that ideally when folks search on Google, when they search terms like sustainable productivity or grad school or first-gen BIPOC coach, first-gen BIPOC coach, they can then find me. I want the right people to be able to find me and to find me more quickly. Even now, thinking about the way that I have set up the description of my podcast, what's great is that because I've been consistent over time, because I have an active podcast, because you know you can count on me to publish an episode at least one every single week, I show up within the top five podcasts on Apple Podcasts when you search the term grad school. And then on, on Spotify, if you search grad school on there, I'm the first podcast to show up. I'm really, really proud of that because I've put in the work to get to the top of the, you know, search ranks. And that's kind of what I want to do with my blog so that my website will show up more quickly on Google. And this is also a long-term strategy. It's not something that if I just change up my key terms and publish several blog posts at once, it's going to happen overnight. No, it takes a while for the search engines to start to um to start to show your website more to audience members based on their search terms. So that's the second career move. The third career move related to that is publishing two podcast episodes a week. I mentioned this in an episode at the beginning of this year about how, surprise, I'm now releasing Wednesday episodes, and I'm going to keep doing that for as long as I can sustain it. <laughs> But why did I decide to do that? Um, I'm not sure all the details that I shared because remember, I have a bad memory. <laughs> but, it, you know, in any case, even if you missed that episode, I'll tell you why I decided to do that. I decided to do that because, one, I want to get to having 100,000 plays this year. So 100,000 listens on my podcast. I think that'll be a really great milestone to reach. I also want to increase my number of streams per month because there's a certain amount of streams that you have to have to be able to qualify to get paid sponsorships. And I've gone back and forth and back and forth on, you know, should I get a sponsor? Should I not? Should I get multiple sponsors for the podcast? Should I not? And at this point, I feel like I am ready for sponsorships, especially if they are sponsorships from 
uh, tools, companies, entities, universities, organizations that are aligned with what I do. So if I increase my number of streams per month, then I will have the data to prove to these sponsors that it's worth their while to sponsor my podcast. And then that can help to pay my podcasting. Um, that That's going to pay for my podcasting fees or podcasting costs. It does cost money to record, produce, edit, publish one to two podcasts every single week. It's a lot of time and energy it requires different software apps, et cetera, to get it all done. And it would be a dream to be able to not only have a sponsor pay for those costs, but even potentially pay for me to hire someone to help me to put the episodes out every week. That would be amazing. That's something I'm working toward because right now I am still a solopreneur. I did work with a VA for one year at the beginning of my business and then realized um, that I wasn't going to be able to sustain um, having a BA. Uh, not, not a VA, sorry, a VA, a virtual assistant, because my my revenue was just not enough for me to be able to pay them and pay myself and pay the business, you know, all, all of my overhead costs, all of my monthly costs that it takes just to sustain a business. So yeah, since then I've been on my own um, and I do every single thing by myself with the exception of certain software that I use to automate some things. Most of what I do, I do on my own. So I would love to be able to afford to hire help for folks to help me with the podcast. But for now, yeah, I'm doing it all on my own, two episodes a week with the goal of getting to 100K listens and potentially getting my first sponsor. Well, actually not my first because I've had um I've had Anchor and Spotify sponsor me before, so maybe I'll get them to sponsor me again. That would be great. Okay. Another thing I'm doing, another career move that I'm doing this year is I'm making time for networking meetings. I cannot stress enough how important this is for your career and personal growth. And if I were to offer any advice, any consejito to, to you right now, no matter where you are in your career and life, I would say you should start doing this as soon as possible. This should be an ongoing thing. So for me, it means making time and space on my calendar to have two to four networking meetings a month. Some months it might just be one, some months it might be five or six, but it's making time for those. And I do include the time um, that I have on my calendar for coaching consultations because some of my consultation meetings are folks who just want to talk to me. They want to meet me. They want to ask me questions. They're not actually interested in hiring me as their coach. And that's completely okay because with every conversation I have, I learn something, even if it's me learning something about them. So the consultations are account for that. Networking meetings where I'm meeting directors of programs at universities who want to learn more about my work. This is also time that I make to meet with other women of color and non-binary entrepreneurs who want to meet with me to learn how we can best support one another. This also includes time that I make to reach out to people who I would love to have on my podcast. And sometimes these folks want to meet for a pre-call, a call to meet before we record where we can brainstorm ideas for the podcast recording and kind of just get to know each other a little bit more. So all of this is networking. And 
It's incredible. Again, just from what comes out of these networking meetings, you know, I might interview someone on my podcast. Next thing you know, they refer me to someone else. I might, in, I might have a networking meeting with someone and then they think of me and they um, decide to pre-order 50 copies of my book for their scholars. I might have a meeting with someone and, um, they might refer their student to come work with me. You, you never know. It's just a bunch of random opportunities that come up out of networking meetings. And this can be you as well. This can be you meeting with folks, building community. And next thing you know, that person becomes your mentor, your femtor. That person forwards you a job ad that's perfect for you. That person puts you in touch with the next person who's going to be the recruiter, who's going to help you get the job that you want, or that person is going to advocate on your behalf to make sure you get into graduate school or that, you know, you don't know, you don't know, but it is important to make time for networking. And this is a big one, especially for my introverted folks, for my socially awkward folks, for my neurodivergent folks. I feel you. I feel you. It's, you know, we, we have had probably so many horrific <laughs> moments um or just just awkward moments that make us that have discouraged us that have made us kind of shy away from reaching out to folks but just know even if there are moments of awkwardness there are also some really beautiful moments too and some opportunities for you to find your people now another career move I'm doing or I'm working toward is I'm working towards becoming part of a speaker's bureau. So it's my hope that this year I'll, I will be part of at least one speaker's bureau, perhaps more. What is a speaker's bureau, you might ask? It is, you know, I don't even know how to define it, but um, when I think of a speaker's bureau, excuse me, I think about a a database of speakers. It's like a talent agency of speakers. So they book you for speaking engagements. So the, the agency itself is going to attract different speaking opportunities and will match you to the right opportunities for you to be, you know, a speaker for different events. So in this case, I'm looking to be part of the Embrace Change Speakers Bureau. I'm not 100% sure if it's going to happen because there is an application process for that. But I have been working toward getting more speaking engagements, really um, practicing and strengthening my public speaking skills, uh, developing my signature talks, becoming more visible, um, all of this so that way when I'm part of the Speakers Bureau, I can keep booking more speaking engagements which is going to, once again, help to, help to sustain my business and help to increase my impact. So that's just another one. A Speakers Bureau is an option for anyone who wants to make speaking a big part of their career. And even if you're a professor, if you know that you want to be a professor, but you also want to do speaking engagements on the side, it might be worth looking into how you can sign up for a Speakers Bureau. And what else am I doing? I am still working with my business coach. I'm not sure for how long I'm going to be working with her, but for as long as I can. I don't know how busy she's going to get this year. But why do I choose to have a business coach? You know what? I 
believe that everybody has room for growth. And just like I believe that anybody who does something needs to have their own type of support. So teachers need their own teachers. Therapists need their own therapists. Coaches need their own coaches. Like we all need support in order to keep growing, in order to keep learning, to keep progressing in some way, shape, or form. And so for me, it's important that I have a coach because coaching, it's, you know, one of my views of coaching is that the reasons why a lot of coaching programs are successful is not just because the coach is amazing, which, you know, you want to make sure you find the coach that's the right person for you. And I have no doubt that whoever you find is probably an amazing human being and very skillful at their craft. But at the same time, when you decide to make a commitment, both a financial and time commitment, a commitment to yourself and to your growth, that commitment, that external accountability in and of itself is going to substantially increase your chances of success. So that's why I decided to continue working with my business coach. I love her. I think she's awesome. I trust her. We have very similar values. I love what she does. And at the same time, I know that me investing in myself by signing up for her coaching opportunities is a way of me holding myself accountable, me remaining committed to the work that I do and committed to reaching my goals, my professional goals, and also my personal goals too. So it's awesome because it's a win-win. I get to learn from someone who is a couple steps ahead of me or perhaps many steps ahead of me um, in their career. I get to have a femtor, someone who I admire, and I get to hold myself accountable and have you know dedicated time and space to work on my goals. And then another career move, we're getting to the second to the last one. So another career move I'm making this year, this is related to my personal growth, is continuing my therapy. So not only am I just as invested in trying out new things that are helpful to me, but I'm also interested in maintaining the things that, that work, that have been working. So for me, Therapy continues to be an ongoing, necessary thing for me. I, I have supplemented my therapy work with learning more about nervous system regulation and learning more about energy work. And so I have to be very, very committed this year to my self-care, to my well-being. I need to make sure that I take care of myself because... If I don't take time out for myself, I am so sensitive with because of my chronic illnesses that I could easily fall apart. And I don't want that to happen. So I take my care work very, very seriously. This means setting up monthly therapy sessions when I feel like I'm doing good, switching to biweekly sessions when things get a little rocky and I feel like I need a little bit more than a tune-up. Um, that also means I have signed up to work with another type of coach, an ancestral coach. And this is completely new work for me. I have been working on tapping into my spirituality more uh, this year. And I started this last year, but really kind of amping it up this year. 
And it is tied to energy work and it is tied to healing work. So I decided to, I work something out with a friend of mine who happens to also be a coach so that we would do a swap. She could benefit from my services of setting up systems and getting organized and all that productivity, sustainable productivity tools. So she's benefiting from that. And I'm benefiting from learning through her more about energy work, more about tapping into um, spirituality and doing ancestral work. So it's really, really cool because it's a different way of doing things. And it's just a reminder to you that when you decide to work with someone, you don't always have to do work in exchange for money. You can do work in exchange for what your skills are. You can do swaps. You don't have to say, hey, I hire you, you hire me, let's pay each other. You can say, hey, this is what I can offer you. And I could, um, and I could also benefit from your skill set in this way and see from your friends, from your network, from your community, like how can y'all support one another? So that's, you know, related to my my therapy slash nervous system regulation slash energy work self-care emphasis uh, for this year. And then, yeah, continuing with the, the nervous system regulation work, um, I am continuing to read books and do this learning related to how to help my body heal and doing more somatic practices to get into my body and to do things that are going to help me maintain my pace and my business and my life. This is really, really important for me because as someone with multiple chronic illnesses, I think that for a lot of people, they struggle with reaching a point of acceptance because sometimes they conflate acceptance of chronic illnesses with resignation and hopelessness and feeling like this is going to be you forever. And so for me, I've arrived at a point in my healing journey and within like my chronic illnesses where I can accept where I am and my symptoms that manifest in the present moment while at the same time remain hopeful and work towards improvements in the future. So that's why I do this work, because I am both accepting of my current identity as someone who lives with multiple chronic illnesses, while at the same time, I also have hope that I can work towards a life where even if I continue to have chronic illness symptoms, I can still live a joyful life uh, and maintain my baseline symptoms as best as I can. And if anything, potentially even healing to a point where I have very minimal symptoms, or perhaps some might even say that I've reversed my diseases. So there's that. That's a big, big part for me this year, because if I'm going to, if this is going to be a big year and I'm going to be busier, or I don't even want to say busier because I don't like the word busy, but if I'm going to be more visible and present, uh, whether it's in virtual spaces and even in person, because I do, I know that I will be doing some traveling this year for speaking engagements. I need to make sure that I do my best to 
um, nourish my body, mind, and spirit at all times. Okay. Now, this is the last one uh, related to my career moves, and I do count this as a career move. My last career move has to do with setting firm boundaries between my career and life. I've been pretty good at doing this, you know, the last couple of years, but I'm especially going to be strict this year. So I'm already very strict with my schedule in terms of my meal times with my family. I am also very strict about making sure that Sundays are my family days or at least one day out of the weekend is just like strictly a family day uh, because I know that I'm never going to get this time back with my kids. My kids are very young. I got a toddler. I have a three-year-old and a 10-year-old. So I'm not getting this time back and I'm making the most. I'm trying to do my best to be a present mom. So I do that by being very, very strict with my schedule in that way. I am also strict about taking it slow in the mornings and the evenings. And taking it slow means honoring my body. I don't do morning meetings. I just don't. I don't do 8 a.m. meetings. I rarely do 9 a.m. meetings. Why? Because I am the most symptomatic in the mornings. And so I need to take it easy to make sure that I'm okay enough that I can manage my workload throughout the day. If I'm not, I could easily worsen my morning symptoms and then I'm out for the rest of the day and then I'm just sick the rest of the day. So slow mornings, slow evenings, super duper important for me. I'm also becoming stricter with making sure that my husband and I go on monthly dates because there's no point in being successful in my career and being an awesome present mom doing my best to be there for my kids. If I'm not going to have a flourishing relationship with my partner, with my best buddy, with my, my life, my life partner, my human, he's my person, you know, I, I, I don't even talk a lot about my relationship with my husband, with my partner. We have witnessed each other grow up. We have grown a lot together. And at the same time, we've gone through a lot of rough rough and bumpy moments in our relationship and I'm proud of us I'm proud that we've been to like married for what 15 years now and together for longer than that um we've done couples counseling we've done individual therapy we have even done uh, couples retreat uh, we did that thanks to his you know resources through the VA um, and now I'm like, okay, we're at a good spot. So how can we maintain it or, or be even better? And so for me, making sure that we have at least monthly dates, time away from our kids, super duper important to me. And I have to find a way, shape, just however, me, whatever means we need to do it, we're going to make it work because my life can't just be about my career. My life just can't be about my kids. My life can't even just be about being a wife either. My life is about my friendships. So I'm also trying to figure out ways to um, be more present and around for my closest friends. And that includes some of my friends are coming to visit me this year. And I'm so, so grateful to them. 
uh, because that is also important to me. My, my family, my friendships, my loved ones. So setting strict boundaries around that is super duper important. So that way, well, as every time I'm setting a boundary and saying no to something, that means I'm saying yes and getting my time back for these things, which is my kids, my husband, myself, my friends, my mom, my sister, like everybody who, my siblings, who I love and care for. Okay, so that is that. And, you know, I wanted to make sure to end on talking about setting boundaries because I know that can be really, really hard to do, especially in the beginning when you're first starting to learn to set boundaries and you get a little bit of pushback. But it's so important. I used to see these things as a luxury. And I know that I do have a certain set of privileges that allow me to make these decisions and that not everybody has the option to be able to say no to things. But now I don't actually view it as a luxury. Instead, I view it as a right. And I believe that everybody should have that right. And it does crush me when I think about the fact that not everybody is able to make these decisions. But I will remind you that if you do have the option, if you can find a way to make it work, please set boundaries so that you can take your time back, so that you can Make sure that your life, your calendar, your day-to-day, um, your day-to-day moments reflect your priorities. You don't want it to just be all about one thing. You want it to be a mix of things. Even during the messy weeks, even when life happens, you want to make sure that that your calendar, your day-to-day routine reflects all of you in some way, shape, or form. All right, so those are my eight things. Those are the eight career moves. I am going to become a certified coach this year. Yay! I am publishing more blog posts, releasing more podcast episodes. I'm networking more. I might, this is not a for sure thing, I might be part of a speakers bureau. I'm going to keep working with the coach. I'm going to keep receiving support through therapy and other energy work type of healing practices. And I'm going to keep setting my boundaries. I can be strict, y'all. I'm a Virgo. I feel sorry for my kids. They have two Virgo parents. I can be strict. I can be, you know, very soft and nurturing and empathetic in some ways. But then at the same time, I can also be very, very strict. And once I set my mind to something, I'm like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm." (laughs) those of you that know me personally, you know, that side of me were that, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a tough side too. So I'm going to be tough about my boundaries just to make sure that I take care of myself this year. Because if I'm right about that feeling that I have that this is going to be a big year, then I got to be prepared for it. All right, that's it for this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I know it's a little bit more personal, although, you know, I do sometimes hear from folks who tell me that they enjoy the more personal episodes and some of my closest friends who kind of are watching me, witnessing me as I step into this um, career and business growth are asking me all the time, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? Um, Or like, you should have a behind the scenes episode on this, or you should do a day in the life episode on this. And so this is kind of my effort at tapping into that a little bit more because I'm like, I think to myself, 
if I'm learning about all of these things that are helping me to set myself up for success according to how I define success, then I want other people to come along with me. I, want, I don't want other people to be like, oh, I wish you would have told me that. I wish that Dr. Evette would have taught me how to do this and this and this. No, no, no. As I'm learning this stuff, I am sharing it with you. As I become a certified coach and learn more tools, I'm going to share that with you. I'm going to share it with my clients. I'm going to share it with my listeners because you know me. I am not, I'm, I'm the opposite of a gatekeeper. I'm an oversharer. I will overwhelm you with resources. Pero para que no me digas que no te dije, right? So that you're not telling me, complaining me that I didn't tell you. I'm going to be like, I told you so. And now that you know better, you're going to do better, right? We're all going to do better. And yes, I might make mistakes and I might share stuff every now and then that I'm like, okay, maybe later on I might have a different take on it. But just know this is my effort of putting an offering out there that is hopefully helpful and valuable to you. Okay. That's it for today. I will talk to you all next time. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you like what you heard, here are four ways you can support the show. The first is to make sure you're subscribed and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The second way is to get your copy of my free Grad School Fem Touring Resource Kit which includes essential information to prepare for and navigate grad school. You can access it at the link in today's show notes. The third way to support my show is to follow me on social media. You can find me on Instagram with the handle at gradschoolfemtouring and on LinkedIn by searching my name. The last way to show your love is to sign up to work with me via my Grad School Femtouring Academy my group coaching program for first-gen BIPOCs seeking to work on their personal growth and gain sustainable productivity skills. You can learn more at gradschoolfemtouring.com slash academy. Thanks again for listening and until next time.